with spring practice uh, started up at in Chestnut Hill, there's a few names that have popped up that are no longer on the roster, and we really haven't addressed them on the show. Today, we're going to talk about what these player, who these players were, and what they meant to this team. On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Thank you all who are listening, and thank you so much to those who have subscribed. Let's start kicking off with a little football talk as BC continues their spring practice as they head to their April 15th spring game uh, for the Jay McGillis spring game for football. Now we've been talking about the team, how things have been going, you know, what we know. And as I've said before, folks have been asking about updates on spring practice. Well, you know, the, the football team, as I said, during fall practice, they don't give you a whole lot in terms of uh, the media. They've let the, um, gridiron club watch more probably than what the spring than what we've been able to watch so there's not in, much in terms of what i can tell you in terms of that stuff but i have failed and i will take my 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 lumps for this to not talk about three real players that uh, folks were wondering about that are no longer on the roster and let's get into those the first name that is gone is Finn Durstein, who officially announced that he's in the transfer portal. Um, I believe they announced it last week, but he hasn't been on the roster, so it wasn't like a huge surprise. Now, Durstein is a local kid. He went to Lawrence Academy. Uh, he's been on the roster, I think, for five years and really never found his his uh, footing here. He was a four-star recruit. This was a big deal when Steve Adazio landed him. Um. But he just never was able to stay healthy enough to stay on the field. And that even included last year. Now, Durstein was supposed to be the guard, like one of the like veteran guards that was supposed to help that offensive line last year. And he played, I think it was the first three or four games, and then he was gone. And that was it. And so when I saw his name no longer listed on the roster, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Especially when they brought in – um Kyle Hergel from Texas state. And you saw that Christian mahogany was coming back. It kind of limited what um, Durstein could do. Now he could have stayed and been a backup. He could have stayed and, and uh, you know, hoped that he wins a position battle against Hergel. That could have happened, but I, I guess he just decided to go on and try something else. So he's been, he's been out there uh, trying to find a new home and, According to some Twitter accounts, I saw, I mean, the, the, the options that he has were not ones that surprised me at all. And that is uh, UMass, UConn, URI, and Maine. I figured he'd stay local because they probably have seen his tape. And I, no offense, I just, I just, he's not a kid that is going to go and get uh, Power 5 offers uh, from, from Power 5 schools yet. I mean, he hasn't shown that he can stay healthy enough. They're not going to use a, a scholarship on him. So, um, I think those are a good spots. And, and honestly, I think it's going to be a good fit for Durstein, right? Like if he can stay healthy enough, it'd be great to see him be successful at a UMass or, or URI. Um, I don't want to see any BC guys on, on UConn, <laughs> but that's one name. The biggest name that is no longer on the roster is Jalen Gill. 
Jalen Gill, a wide receiver who transferred over from uh, Ohio State when Halfley got here, is one of the guys that this was the one that was most shocking to me. And the reason why I was most shocked about this one was because I just projected him to be part of this roster. Like I projected Gill to be one of the top wide receivers. I thought it would go Ryan O'Keefe, the transfer from UCF Griffin, uh, the Joseph Griffin, and then Jalen Gill. So to see him gone, it was a bit of a surprise. Now Gill has had his flashes. I, I have to say he was underused here at BC. You, you, you were hoping you would see him become more explosive. He was a four, almost a five-star recruit. And he was a running back out of, out of high school. Uh, he comes to BC um, and they, it, he showed, I, I think back to that Clemson game and uh, tw- in 2020, and he had like some really big catches, but there were times where he just vanished too. And I know last year he was hit with some injury stuff too. Uh, so he's gone. And now what does that mean for BC? For BC, that means a Dino Tomlin or a um, uh, Lewis Bond is going to have to step up. Those are younger guys. And I, believe me, I, I think Dino Tomlin is very capable, and I loved what I've seen out of Lewis Bond. It's just been in limited uh, catches. And Jaden Williams as well. Those three guys are going to have a chance. So is this a case where you know it's a numbers crunch and he's a grad student who already has his degree? I saw his pictures on Instagram with him with his cap and gown. We don't know. But it's it's probably the biggest. I think uh, Jalen Gill is the biggest name that is no longer on this roster. And then the third name, and and this one is is not a slight. It was just a name that I feel like has just kind of slid down the depth chart, and it just made sense. Is Spencer Witter? Spencer Witter, a tight end in twenty twenty one. You saw him play more with um, Trey Berry. He was more the second and third tight end last year. He was hurt all the time. And he just vanished. He slid down that depth chart. It just made sense. It's going to happen because you have George Takis coming back. You have Jeremiah Franklin. And then you have kids that are waiting to play guys like Charlie Gordon and Matthew Regan. And, um, and there's other guys in that tight end room that are, are, are desperate to get out there and play more. And you just knew, like, it just seemed like it was that time. There's certain times when you get on this roster in college football and you can kind of just feel like, you know, they've got their degree. They've played a little bit. It's time to move on. It's time to find something else. And and for Witter, it just some, it seemed like that. It's not a knock on him at all. It just seemed like a natural, a natural move to have him go someplace else. And that'll do it. And, you know, I think a lot of this in college football, I think be, just it's clear the BC has a specific uh, philosophy. And I think a lot of schools have this. And I think it's, I think it's actually NCAA regulations. The kids, once they sign their, their deal, they should be able to finish their, their degree at the school that they go to. Once BC, I mean, that's three, four years, depending on how the kids do it. Once it's, once it's done, it's now a business decision, right? It's a business, like college football is a business. So guys like Witter, guys like Gill, they, they are done. And so then, then after that, it's like, does Halfling have them or does he need to think, think about the roster and, and the depth of where, what he has and what guys need to move up before they lose them to the transfer portal? So it's a tough, it's a tough spot. 
Um, but I think all three guys, um, they've had, they had their moments at BC, but it's time for, it's time for BC to move on from that. Right. So in a moment, let's talk about more guys on the move. We're going to get into TJ Bickerstaff, a forward for BC who is now into the transfer portal himself. And we'll talk about what that means for BC. And is this a big deal or not? We'll get into that in just a moment. But the tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get on that action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com and sign up to claim your no-sweat first bet then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which teams will be cutting down the net all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, make every moment more with FanDuel. Locked on BC, AJ Black here, and we are talking about transfer portal news. So we talked about football in that first segment. Now let's get into basketball. Now, last Friday, Boston College lost guard Damar Lankford to the transfer portal. Um, Not a totally surprising move, but the former four-star decided he's going to be looking for a new home, and he's going to be joined by one of his teammates, TJ Bickerstaff, who on Tuesday announced that he is going to be entering the transfer portal. Now, Bickerstaff, this is going to be his third home, which for many may seem weird for, you know, if you back in the older days of college basketball, where you had one team and you maybe transferred once, but now in the world of college basketball, three transfers doesn't seem all that weird. Jairus Hamilton, who was a four-star that under Jim, Jim Christian, I think he ended up at four schools. Um, there's, there's, it's just a lot of movement. Now, Bickerstaff came to BC in 2021, um, with Earl Grant. And when Earl Grant was first hired, he brought in Bickerstaff and he brought in Quinton Post as transfers along with Jaden Zachary, Kanye Jones, and Kamari Williams as freshmen. Now, many of those guys are gone. Now, Bickerstaff is back on the move. Bickerstaff started his career with Drexel. The Drexel Dragons. I had to look up what the team name was because I honestly didn't have a clue. Um, and what did Bickerstaff bring? Well, Bickerstaff, his first year, averaged 25 points. Uh, points. I said that and I got ripped on Twitter. I meant 25 minutes per game his freshman year, playing kind of that uh, three or four, depending on who he was out there with, along with James Karnick and Quentin Post. He was probably the best rebounder on the team. Pretty solid interior defender. Uh, offensively, yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, let's leave that off. He was not much on the offensive side of the ball. Um, what, looking at the picture that we have up on the YouTube channel, and if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, do that right now, Locked on BC. Um, heart palpitations, watching him dribble the ball. Um, he was not good enough. He was a liability. Uh, his first year in BC last year, he averaged seven points per, uh, I think it was seven points per game. This year, his numbers all went down. Now, there was a re- there's some reasons why that happened. 
he played more in the out of conference games when Quentin Post was out. But it looked clear to me that BC was much more comfortable going with a the uh, a four and five of Devin McLaughlin and Quentin Post. So Bickerstaff saw his numbers dwindle, his number his statistics dwindled, and he he was still a very valuable player off of the bench, but he was not like he was not a guy I would say on that team that was like invaluable or super key. And honestly, when he was out there, BC had issues on offense and he wasn't doing much to help. Like there was, there was many issues with that offense at at times, but Bicker, like you needed guys out there that could score. Bickerstaff was a, it was a liability. He just could not score. He could, he couldn't, he couldn't shoot. Uh, So that was an issue. Um, Again, though, tough defender, good rebounder. So he had his pluses and minus. He wasn't a perfect player, but he he did what he needed to do. And I thought he was solid at times. Now, he's and DeMar Lankford's gone. So what does this mean to BC? Now BC has three roster spots that they can fill. So Earl Grant has some chances to fix. And I would say his offense, his offense that was near the bottom in the country, got much better when Quentin Post came back. But he has some chance to get some shooters out there. And now we are we have talked about in a previous episode, Coasey Reeves from Florida, who has an official visit set. We also see Claudel, um, and I, I already forget his name, Claudel Harris uh, from Charleston Southern. He's going to set an official visit. And then Elijah Powell, who could be the replacement for Bickerstaff. He is a power forward from Southern Carol- South Carolina, uh, the state. He's a, a class of 23 uh, recruit um, who is going to take an official visit to BC on April 17th and 18th. He's a former Wofford um, commit who decommitted and is looking at some schools. BC's in on heavy. And I believe they have a zoom call with this kid tonight. So he could be someone to watch for as well, but that this is a chance for BC to fix what they need to fix, right? You're going to get Quentin post Jaden Zachary, and you're hoping some of your, younger guys develop next year uh, to go along and hopefully Devin McLaughlin becomes more of a, a everyday player to go with them. You need a good bench to go and become an a, a NCAA team, right? You need guys. You can't just get your starters out there and just watch your game fall apart every week. This is a chance that Earl Grant can go out there into the transfer portal and get some guys that can play defense, but also be scorers. So, you know, I've heard um, Joe Girard's name thrown around. First of all, he's going to get tons of top-level offers out there from, like, Blue Bloods. Second of all, I don't think he could fit in this defense. He's played zone defense for four years straight at Syracuse. You're going to ask him to play man up? At, it, it, I think it would be a mess. I don't think he'd be a good fit. But you have a chance to go out there and find guys that do fit. And whether that's Claude L. Harris or Kawasi Reeves, or other guys like Jordan Miner from Merrimack. That's another name folks have been asking me about. And believe me, I'm I'm looking into it. Um, he's quiet and and transfer portal news and football and, ba- and basketball is a lot weirder than um, it's a lot weirder than college recruiting. Recruiting, I can get you know names and talk to kids and recruit coaches. They all want to talk. Transfers don't, and they talk to the national guys. So you, on two four seven, you'll get reports. A lot of them are coming from the national guys, um, but 
I, I have not been able to, to, to get a handle on Jordan minor, because I think he's a guy, he's a power forward, just like Bickerstaff who would be great here. And the Georgia tech site on two, four, seven has been talking very highly about how BC is going to land him. I have not heard the same thing, but we'll have to wait and see now. In terms of other basketball news, I want to address the monkey in the room because it's been like a thing on Twitter Uh, for folks that have been asking me. And I want to be completely honest with you. Every time I've been tweeting about things, people have been asking me about Joanna McNamee and what's going on. What's going on with these transfers? What's going on with why are they doing this? AJ, look into this. And I want to be crystal clear. I don't cover women's basketball and it's not a knock on the sport. I, I am one guy. I cover recruiting football and basketball on my own with Mitch doing some, some reports here and there in his analysis. I cannot cover women's basketball and I have zero sources with them. So I don't have the ability to go and look into this, nor do I really, honestly, it's not something that interests me. I'm going to be frank with you. There's other sites. I know BCI, BC Interruptions, big into women's basketball. Maybe they'll do it, but it's not my thing. So I'm just going to say it right now. I'm not going to look into the Joanna McNamee stuff because it's not my scoop. It's not my, it's not my lane. So thank you for asking me and, and asking why, you know, for someone. And believe me, I'm interested too, but I don't have any where's to go with this. So I'm not going to look into it. So that's my thoughts on that. Now, in our final segment, let's get into baseball, who had another big win on Tuesday in a midweek game against the UConn Huskies. We'll get into that in just a moment. This is Locked on BC, AJ Black. BC baseball has been the story of the spring, and it's going to be the biggest surprise of BC athletics in a long time because they won their eighth ranked game of the year, knocking out number 20 UConn six to three on Tuesday evening. They are now 18 and five with their second straight top 25 win. This, I mean, BC did everything again. So there was, this was some really clutch pitching in this game that uh, got them out of some really tough situations we saw bc um hit uh uconn hit into a pair of double plays bc had five guys score runs again and what was impressive about bc in this game was that these midweek games you don't usually go with like your go-to pitchers you go with you know a spot starter or just run your bullpen out there and have guys go two innings each and bc was still able to go on the road in stores and win this game. UConn beat, I I think it was last year, they beat BC pretty handily. So for BC to go out there and win again was, was, was big news. This team, I'm telling you, every game, it's like, oh, wow, wow. It's, it's, it's a wild thing, right? So AJ Colorado, he earned the win of the year, striking out two over three innings. Um, and then there were three stolen bases in this game with Barry Walsh, Trevor, ha- Travis Honeymoon, and Cameron Larry getting steals. I mean, folks, let's, let's strap in. This is going to be fun. I, 
it's been, you know, I've done this podcast. What am I on? Like almost 600 episodes with day. Wow. 600 episodes about Boston college sports. I, I, I need to get my head checked. I really do. But you know, once men's basketball and hockey ends, usually my podcast is like, okay, ready for, for summer football, I guess. And roster stuff. I don't know, but we got baseball now for two months and BC is like, they're, they're in this. Get ready for ACC tournament action. Possibly playing for, I mean, UVA and Wake Forest are playing at a whole other level right now. But let's get ready for BC to, to, to contend. I mean, is, is that where we're at right now? They're going to definitely, they're almost already in, in the talk for uh, NCAA tournament time. You know, we're just one year away from everyone, myself, including wondering why Mike Gambino was still, you know, brought back as BC's head coach. It was, it was some miserable baseball in the last couple of years. And they won what 19 games last year. Total they're 18 and five right now. You know, BC baseball is no longer a joke. Folks are, are, are starting to watch this team and go, I had my Louisville friend, uh, Matt McGavick, who covers them for fan nation saying, he sent me a message. He goes, what's up with BC this year? And they're not playing the, the, the best baseball in the world. Believe me, their pit, their hitting is not, you know, there's, there's indicators that their hitting might, might plummet, but they're just doing what, you know, their stats be damned. They're doing what they need to do to win. And now they have another series at home this weekend against a ranked team tech. They have three games beginning Friday at home. All games are going to be on ACC network. So be prepared. Get ready to watch this. Get give BC baseball some some credit because um, you know, it's been a while other than women's lacrosse since we've had a very successful team on BC. You know, women's basketball had a little piece here, and BC hockey has been, I mean, kind of hit or miss for about five, six years now. BC baseball is at a whole other level. You know, let's wait and see what happens. So this is going to wrap up today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. Um, I apologize. I did not get to the comments today's um, into today's uh, comment section, but thank you to everybody who listened to today's show. Um, and thank you all. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC. I promise you, I will get to comments again tomorrow. I just, it was just a busy day, uh, but we'll be back again soon. Thank you all. And if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button and like this podcast right now. It does help a ton. Thank you.